Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy. This show comes to you from a little place called Wollongong. goes out right around Australia. Big cheerio to all of our partnering radio stations from east to west, north to south. It's a show put together by Catholic Diocese of Wollongong to contribute to the wonderful ecumenical ministry, which is Christian radio right around the country. also goes out as a podcast, and we've got some of the best presenters, some of the wisest people we can find in the Catholic world contributing to this ministry of Christian radio. And this week, you're going to hear from some amazing people. As we dive into the third Sunday of Lent, lots of our inputs this week are taken from the Pieta Lenten series. With over 90,000 people using that resource every single day, lots of people using it as part of small group inputs right throughout the Lenten season. And this week, we're going to be hearing from Father Chris Sarkis. He's going to talk to us about doing stuff with all of our heart, seeking God every single day in that way. Great to hear from Father Sean Cullen too, who wants to talk to us about the law and this conversation that Jesus is in with the Pharisees and the scribes and Jesus' concern for people, balancing the law and love. Father Tony Percy, in his segment, The Word, is going to talk to us about living, actually living out the commandments, some reflections on the commandments given to Moses. We love what he's got to say. Mother Hilda Scott, of course, she's going to talk to about obstacles, what we do when they come our way. But to kick us off, we're going to hear from Sister Catherine Stone. She's from the Missionaries of God's Love. She's going to speak to us about avoiding burdensome details, avoiding distractions, and how we've got to create more space to be present with and allow God to be present with us. That's based upon the reading that we've got this week from John 2, 13 to 25. And in breaking open this gospel this week, Sister Catherine's really going to point to the need to making things less complicated, especially in the way that we, we, we go about spending time with God. We better get into it. Max Norden, our uh, producer, sound editor, Facebook poster, everything. He's going to proclaim the gospel for us. Then we'll hear from Sister Catherine Stone from the Missionaries of God's Love. And then there'll be time for some music. The psalm this week, Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. Again, they've been recorded for our Pieta Lenten series. That's great that we're hearing one of the psalms. Each week, the psalm that's, that's read out as part of the readings for this Sunday, third Sunday of Lent. After the break, you'll be hearing from Mother Hilda Scott. Lots to get through. We better get into it. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. I'm so glad you've joined us on the journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Just before the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem and in the temple he found people selling cattle and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting at their counters there. Making a whip out of some cord, he drove them all out of the temple, cattle and sheep as well, scattered the money changers' coins, knocked their tables over and said to the pigeon sellers, take all of this out of here and stop turning my father's house into a market. Then his disciples remembered the words of scripture, zeal for your house will devour me. The Jews intervened and said, What sign can you show to justify what you have done? Jesus answered, Destroy this sanctuary, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews replied, It's taken 46 years to build this sanctuary. Are you going to raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the sanctuary that was his body. And when Jesus rose from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the words he had said. During his stay in Jerusalem for the Passover, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he gave. But Jesus knew them all and did not trust himself to them. He never needed evidence about any man. He could tell what a man had in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, the Gospel Reflection with Sister Catherine Stone. I've stopped counting the number of engaged couples who've moaned to me about the all-consuming nature of planning a wedding. Their desire is to commit their lives to one another, not host a huge event. But for almost the entirety of their engagement, the relationship is subsumed by details that seem far away from the heart of what they're doing invitations, 
menus, clothes, decorations. Jesus is protesting just such a dynamic in today's gospel. The temple was supposed to be the place where God dwelt among his people, a place where people could go to pray, to ask for help, find comfort in sorrow, or simply just to spend time in his presence. Yet, from the moment they set foot within the temple precinct, the details seemed to overtake the relationship. They had to change their money for temple coinage. If they'd brought their own animals for sacrifice, they had to be checked to make sure they were without blemish. Otherwise, they had to buy animals for sacrifice. Then they probably had to queue to get access to a priest to make sacrifice for them. As human beings, we seem to be naturally put together to set up systems to make our lives easier. There's usually a good reason for the system, but after some time, we can find ourselves spending more time and effort on the system than on the good that it was put into place to protect. We see a similar dynamic occur over time with the Ten Commandments of today's first reading. The ultimate goods that they set out to protect are named by Jesus in the Gospels as love of God and love of neighbour. The Ten Commandments spell out some important ways to make sure that we're doing both. Then, over time, the Jews developed 613 laws which, if observed, guaranteed that you wouldn't break the commandments. Jesus consistently brings us back to the heart. God's desire in bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt and giving them the Ten Commandments was to enter into personal relationship with them. This was also the point of the temple, that God would dwell amongst his people, that he would be accessible to them, part of their daily lives. Jesus' protest is really the same protest that I often hear from overwhelmed, engaged couples planning a wedding. Surely it doesn't need to be this complicated. All these details are taking us away from the whole point. Each Lent, we are invited to come back to the heart of our relationship with God. As baptised Christians, we're all temples of the Holy Spirit. God literally dwells in us so that he's immediately accessible to us, part of our daily lives. But it's easy to get distracted from this profound truth of who we are, especially in today's world, which offers us so many seemingly necessary details that fill our lives, so that our living relationship with God is pushed to the periphery while the money changers and livestock sellers absorb our attention. How to know what's what? I'd suggest having a conversation with God about it. Ask him for some wisdom and insight about what things in your life are actively bringing you closer to him and what are actively distracting you. Perhaps the latter culprit is not any particular thing, but the sheer amount of things that we try to fit into our lives. Maybe the wisdom we need from God is about which things we can drop to create some more space to be present to him. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
Listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. I was late for an appointment recently and as you might imagine, being late for an appointment meant that I was very tempted to put my foot down on the accelerator. Time was ticking by. But as it happened, I couldn't put my foot down on the accelerator because the car in front of me was going so slowly. Now, I know you'll find this hard to imagine, but there I was drumming away on the um, steering wheel thinking, oh, please move, please, please move, please go faster. The time's going, please go faster. And because the car in front wasn't going faster and I was stuck, I couldn't go around it so I had no alternative but to stay behind this car. A bit further up the road, what do I see? A police car. Now, you can put two and two together. Had I not been stuck behind that car, I'd have been caught. Can you imagine how that would have gone over when I came home with a parking fine? Not with a parking fine, with a speeding fine. It would have been my own fault, completely and utterly. But that didn't happen because someone in front of me was going so slowly. Someone in front of me was an obstacle to what I wanted to do. How many times does that sort of thing happen for you and I, not just on the road, but how many times is 
somebody in our life an obstacle? How many times are they impossible to get around? How many times do situations turn up and that are obstacles, things that we can't do anything about, and where we're stuck? We can either rant and rave and carry on the way I was tempted to do, or we can say, here it is. This is what the Father has allowed in my life now. I mightn't like it, but here is God caring for me. I don't know what it is that God's saving me from. I don't know what it is God's doing, but I know that I'm in God's care. I know that God, again, is looking after me. It made a difference for me when I stopped and thought about it, and it certainly made a difference since. Now when things come that I can't do anything about, now, instead of railing and ranting and carrying on, I'm more inclined to say, oh, okay, this is what the Father has allowed. I'll stay behind this figurative car. This week, what is it that the Father will allow in your life? Don't go looking for the big things. They're all in the little things. What is it that the Father has allowed? And when the time comes for the big things, you'll be amazed at the peace that you'll be able to bring to the situation. Our Father, our dear Father, allows so very much in our life. He's not setting out to make things tough. He's setting out to set us on the right road. Thanks so much to Mother Hilda Scott there. What a great thought, hey? We are in God's care. He's looking after us. And a great way of looking at obstacles that uh, that get on our path. On the journey, if you like, that's what the show's all about. There's obstacles that are always slowing us down, stopping us. And great insights into what God might be doing in the midst of those. That's what he's saving us from. Might not seem like it at the time. And a great call to rest in that and to be peaceful in those situations. Thanks to Mother Hilda Scott there. After the break, Father Tony Percy is going to talk to us about living the commandments, those Ten Commandments, which are our fundamental human values. Not before some more music, though. We've got Matt Maher now and the song Faithfulness. It's featuring Stephanie Gretzinger as well. And after the break, too, you'll be hearing from Travis Cottrell, Jesus' blood. Not too far away, though, as I said, Father Tony Percy in his segment, The Word. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week, the third Sunday of Lent, the third week of Lent, on The Journey.
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. No silver or gold could weigh on the scale of glory. No treasure of mine could pay to the debt of mercy. The things of earth will surely fade away. One pardon will prevail. Jesus' blood has ransomed me, has raised me up and washed me. his power when he says I'm free I'm free and I'm free forever the things I've done are gone Father Tony Percy. The third week of Lent leads us into the great gift of the commandments. You will remember that the chosen people were in slavery to the Egyptians for 430 years. It's an incredible amount of time. They were led out miraculously by God, and then God led Moses up Mount Sinai and gave him the gift of the commandments. Very interestingly, and most importantly, God says to Moses, now make sure the people obey these commandments, otherwise they're going to fall into a worse form of slavery than they were before. Incredible. So the Ten Commandments 
are most important. Unfortunately, in modern life, there's there's a real bias against fundamental human values or the command. That's what the, the commandments are. They're, they're showing us fundamental human values. In their original form, it seems, they were given as 10 words. So hence, we call it the Decalogue, the Decalogue, 10 words. And then it seems the Jewish people filled it out as they understood more and more what God was was talking about on Mount Sinai, the gift, the gift that he was giving. They understood it as through their human experience. So each of the Ten Commandments could be summarized in a word. So the first three deal with God. So you could say, well, God, his name, and then his day. And you can see the importance of, say, for instance, the day of rest, that when we don't rest uh, physically, psychologically, spiritually, we uh, get worn out. Our souls and our bodies become very weary. It's very, very practical. The Jews, of course, institutionalize the day. But in modern life, we've been so intent on pulling it all apart that suddenly we don't have proper rest. So it's very important that we understand these commandments. Once again, just to reiterate this to you, are defending fundamental human values. So the first three deal with God. The next seven deal with our neighbor. And again, they're very important. So honor your father and mother is the fourth. So the word that comes to mind there is family. Thou shalt not kill. The word that comes to life there is life. So in other words, there should be no violence. We can't tolerate violence in our relationships, in our societies, in civil life, in our familial life, in our personal relationships. It's, it's not on. This commandment is saying that, that to defend the dignity of human life. Then, of course, you have thou shalt not commit adultery. So sexual fidelity, the word that comes to mind there. The eighth commandment is most important, deals with our gift of speech, how we're using our gift of speech. The seventh deals with property. Well, think of the uh, now the abuse of money and the abuse of property that uh, currently takes place in our society. So you can see that with us losing a sense of the of the ten words of the commandments, our society is all the worse for us. So one of the things that we should be really convinced of as believing people is to say, look, this is a great gift not only to us but also very much to society. I'll just finish on a a couple of points here about the commandments, which I think is important. When you go to the the book of Isaiah, right at the beginning of the book of of Isaiah, there's this sense of uh, this existential principle about morality. So it says, cease to do evil, learn to do good. So when you learn moral theology, they're very insistent on saying, look, one of the things you've got to do in life is to identify those things that are not right in your life, those things that are evil, and just stop them. Go off the cliff with them. Stop them. And by doing that, by having the experience of the absence of the evil, you understand the evil itself. So, for instance, if I'm a gossip and I suddenly realize I'm a gossip and I stop doing it, then the absence of not doing that particular action of speaking about people badly, I come to an awareness of just how bad it is. So it's it's an existential or experiential principle. So cease to do evil, learn to do good. And then I begin to realize I should be kind to people. And I'm I'm not kind enough. And so I start to be kind to people. And suddenly I realize how good this is. That's most important. And this point then leads to the final point I'd like to make to you. And that is that the commandments are objective truth. But when they start to enter us and become part of us, then that's what we want. The objective truth becomes subjectively ours. So for instance, thou shalt not kill. So when I can say really clearly and sincerely, I am not a murderer, what I've done through the experience, I have taken the objective truth and it's become part of me so that I now say I'm not a murderer. The eighth commandment deals with our gift of speech. I don't gossip. So therefore I become a person who is not a gossiper a slanderer, someone I protect people's reputations. That's who I am. So you can see the absolute importance of the commandments of of living them, of knowing them, living them, and making them part of our own life. Man, he's good. Father Tony Percy, love it. Great stuff again from him this week on the segment The Word. Living the Commandments was what he was all about this week. We're so lucky to have him and all of our presenters each and every week. I hope you're enjoying it. Don't forget, you can go to jcr.org.au. You can sign up there and we can send you all this stuff as a link each week. We know most people listen in via their radio station and lots of people do get us a podcast. But if you do want to go back and hear something again or even be able to click on that link and share it with someone, you might just hear one thing from one of the presenters, like Father Tony. Well, 
you can go and get that link and send it to someone who you think might benefit from it. And that'll be a top thing to do for someone this week. After the break, Father Sean Cullen, he's from down in, in the Bowral region, down the Southern Highlands. I was, I was down there just a, a week and a bit ago, visiting him and said, man, what a beautiful area. You forget how beautiful it is. This week, he's going to be talking to us about the law and love and how Jesus' concern was for people. More music though now. Here's Seller, I Got Saved. And as I said, Father Sean Cullen, he's coming up after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you're still on the journey. from Emmanuel's veins The sinner was plunged beneath the flood and got saved Since then I walk in forgiveness All of my guilt was erased The chains of the past I broken at last, I got saved. Oh, I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want and tasted your grace I was so lost till I fell at the cross and got saved oh I got saved I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus I'm undone by the goodness of the Love and life. This is the journey. Now, another Piata Lenten reflection. This time, Father Sean Cullen with his reflection for Wednesday, 6 March. Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 to 19. Right and wrong can be determined only by deciding what is good and bad for people. And since all people are different and circumstances vary, Each issue must be decided on its own merit. This debate has been going on for a long time. Jesus assures his disciples that he has come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. The necessity for such assurance grew out of debate. On one side were the scribes and Pharisees. To them, the law was everything. 
they had a rule book that contained a neat answer to just about every question. On the other side was Jesus. His concern for people invariably brought him into conflict with the rigid policies of the Pharisees. The rumour mill had Jesus as a radical rule-breaker out to ultimately destroy the law. Even the disciples were a bit concerned. How could concern for people and commitment to the law come together, which was valid? For Jesus, both. In his moral and ethical system, both were absolutely essential. He believed that the most sacred thing in the world was the human personality, but he never separated this from a commitment to principle. As he saw it, the law was intended for the protection and enrichment of life, so people remained primary, but he used the great insights from the past to meet human need in the present. We need rules, we need precedents, we need guidelines if we are to live authentically in this morally confused world. But people have to remain primary. Thus, the two opposing positions come together in a beautiful blend of law and love. Let us pray. Lord, teach me to understand that love is the fulfilling of the law. Amen. Love and the law, we need both, according to... Father Sean, and simply because that's according to Jesus, and he was very, very clear about it. But people must remain primary in creating a beautiful blend of, of law and love. Thanks so very much to uh, Father Sean Cullen there. And that's, uh, that's taken from his reflection this week in the Pieta Daily Lenten Journey. Over 90,000 people are doing it. We sold out. We seem to add another 10,000 every year and sell out again. Congratulations to Dan Hopper and all of the crew that are contributing to it. And we're benefiting from it greatly, not only with Sister Catherine, who's breaking up in the gospel for us each week, but with the likes of Father Sean and who we're going to hear from after the break, Father Chris Sarkis. He's going to talk to us about seeking God with all of our heart, just how important that is. Here's some news, boys. First up, though, your love never fails. And we've got a bit of Alabama, the old rugged cross coming up after the break, too. Hope you're enjoying the music. Thanks to Max Norton, who's put the show together, and he picks out some great tunes for us. I know that he goes to a great deal of trouble trying to linking it to the message that's in the God spots that we've got to. Let's hear some of that music now, and after the break, Father Chris Sarkis. Faith, hope, love and life, we're getting near the end, but you're still on the journey.
On the journey, faith, hope, and love for life in all its fullness. Now, another Piata Lenten reflection. Here's Father Chris Sarkis and his reflection for Friday, 8 March. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. The young scribe in today's gospel who asked Jesus, Which is the first of all the commandments? was clearly searching for God and seeking him with all his heart. It is a question that flows from the heart of every sincere believer who is genuinely seeking God. Since Jesus himself says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, it is a question that not only underpins the entire law of God, but is the reason we seek God with all our heart and strive to follow him. So, when Jesus told the scribe, It was to love the Lord your God with our whole heart, soul, mind and strength and to love our neighbour as ourself. And he understood this. Jesus responded to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. The command to love God is not a duty that can be forced upon us or something that we do because we have been told to. Loving God is a privilege freely offered to us when he embraces us in a personal relationship with him at baptism, but will only grow and deepen when we freely accept his words and teachings and open ourselves to his love and grace in our lives. And this will only happen as we gradually align our will to his will through the countless and often small decisions that we make in our daily lives, seeking him with all our heart. God is constantly reaching out to us, but we must freely respond to him if, like the young scribe, we wish to find the wisdom he did and come close to the kingdom of God come close, that is, to Jesus himself, in whom the kingdom is made present. Let us pray. Jesus, help me to recognise the many ways and signs you reach out to me, and to respond with love and not simply duty. Mary, my mother, help me to say with you, fiat, yes, with all my heart, soul, mind and strength. Amen. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old For a world of lost sinners was slain So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross Change it someday for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross, 
so despised by the world as wondrous attraction for me for the dear lamb of god left his glory above to bear it to dark cavalry so i'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last i'll lay down i will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown in the old rugged cross stained with blood so divine a wondrous beauty i see Heart was there that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I'll lay down I will ever be true It's shame and reproach gladly bear Then he'll call me someday to my home far away with his glory forever I'll share So I'll share Alabama and the song The Old Rugged Cross. Thanks to Father Chris Sarkis, who we heard from there to round out the show, coming from his Pieta Lenten contribution this week. And the young scribe, who he points to perhaps really seeking out Jesus with all of his heart and calling on us to do the same in this Lenten journey. So thanks to Father Chris, thanks to Father Sean Cullen. Great to hear from Father Tony Percy, Mother Hilda Scott, and Sister Catherine Stone right at the top of the show as well. And all those inputs are related to the scripture readings for this Sunday and throughout this week, the third week of of Lent, as we journey towards Easter and the great events of our salvation. Hope you've enjoyed listening to today's show. We've loved bringing it to you. We're so lucky to uh, have all these inputs from these wonderful presenters and to be partnering with so many incredible radio stations right around the country. Do all you can to support them at any chance you get, any time you hear those there's little ads and calls to contribute to the great ministry that you're involved in. Please respond to them. You never know whose lives you are impacting by supporting your, your local Christian radio station. As I said, we, we just love partnering with them. We will be doing this all again next week. And I hope you can join us then. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you've been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy 
and produced by Max Norden on Dharawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.